to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I've paid in a lot of men's mouths. Pissed in mouths. So many. I love it. You <laughs> get paid to piss in mouths. Oh, lots of money too. How much is it to piss in my mouth? <laughs> How much? Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Today we get to speak to Alice. She is a vavavum sexual, sexy woman. Also a sex worker. I've just said sex a lot just then because she has got it on my mind. Wow, where do I start? Alice is fascinating. She's complex. She loves her job. We're going to talk about where it started, how it started, what it's like when your family finds out, the trauma that is underneath everything, and what she feels about her work today. Content warning, if you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. Alice, welcome to The Deep. Thank you for having me. I have been a fan, we just figured out, for three years Yeah, of yours. Yeah. I have been watching you um, in all your glory at home, on the pole, at the brothel, you are a sex worker. Can you tell us how long you've been in this position? I started sex work about four years ago, but I've been doing full service for three. I started out doing home videos and kind of selling that privately. Um, I always kind of was against the idea of OnlyFans personally Mm. for myself, which I find very funny because I have it now. (laughs) But, you know, when COVID calls. That's right. You've got to do what you've got to do. So can we talk about when you say I've got into full service? What is full service? It's where I exchange um, sex for money, whatever that kind of means for one person because it's not always penetration. Okay. Did you start your own like um, page where you, people could just contact you directly and you would do out call in call? Um, no, actually, I did not start privately. I kind of one day I was doing retail. I was doing hospitality primarily, and I just kind of caught myself feeling so unbelievably depressed and burnt out, mm-hmm. and just asked myself one day. I was like. I work 45 hours a week to make maybe $600, which is not livable in Sydney. It's this one of the most expensive places in the world to live, mm-hmm. and it's just not feasible for mm-hmm. me. But beside the money, I was so unhappy yeah. all the time. Yeah. I was so exhausted, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I kind of just started bailing on shifts, calling in sick, and, you know, I had, like, my family being, like, You've just got to get through it. Don't bring your problems to work. You've just got to get through it. That's a pretty big deal to go from like retail, hospo, being unhappy into like a new thought pattern. Well, yeah, I'd kind of like started selling content on my own terms and just kind of doing that for little scrapes of money. At this point, like no one was supporting me. Was this like online video stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I'd started a Twitter. Yeah, I'd started a Twitter. 
And what was the first moment though where you were like, I'm going to cross the threshold and put myself out there for that? A partner that I had actually years before I started sex work was very submissive and I kind of learnt a lot about Findom and about being a dominatrix kind of organically through one of my relationships years before I thought about being a worker. Yeah. And I remember I kind of woke up one day and I was on Twitter and I saw someone on Twitter kind of doing those things and I just kind of sat with myself and was like, maybe I should do that. I don't see another way out of kind of feeling the way I do and kind of being a wage slave yeah. for like people that don't actually give a shit about me. Because hospital is quite rough, yeah. in my opinion. And everywhere I'd personally worked did not treat me well. They paid me in cash. It was very, like, not great personally. But waking up that one day and just kind of thinking about it, I just did it without really a thought. There wasn't too much of a thought process. You're like, let's explore. I was like, you know what, let's explore. And I kind of just... It just wasn't something I thought about. When I think about it now, I was like, wow, I really didn't put too much thought into it. But I think it was because that partner that I had had just kind of like I'd moved through doing that kind of stuff with him in such an organic way that it felt natural to kind of delve into years later professionally. Yeah, because I'm thinking we'll get into this a bit later, but you are incredibly comfortable with your body. Yeah. Also in a really beautiful way that has been a learning for me watching you and I'm sure for a lot of women about sharing the imperfections. Your body mm. is very perfect, but sharing <laughs> cellulite or dimples or angles or things that mainstream media will be like, oh, we cover that stuff up mm. you have this way of being at one with your body that is so powerful so I'm assuming that when you started the content video photos and you were looking at it mm. to lots of women looking at their vaginas or breasts or bums in those quite confronting ways would feel well, confronting and would feel maybe disturbing to some, but I feel like you would almost be like, I don't know, a celebration. Yeah, I think it's actually quite funny because when I started, I was actually tiny. You are tiny now. No, no, no. I was like tiny. Do you mean really thin? Yeah, I was quite yeah. petite. Okay. I was naturally like a size six. My boobs were three sizes smaller. Because oh, you were known for your boobies. Oh, yeah. You probably have the best. <laughs> she has the best boobies in town. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so what happened? You just developed? You changed? Around 21. Like I just started growing and it didn't stop. It felt like my body almost went through a second puberty. Yeah, it's like your body's like turning up for work. <laughs> She said, you know what, <laughs> bitch, let's get down to business. Yes. You're ready. <laughs> yes. Get them boobies. Well, it, it honestly, when I, you know, kind of did start making those videos, I was thin and I was kind of just like not entirely, I wasn't uncomfortable with my body, mm. but I'd always been told to, you know, eat a hamburger, you okay. know, like you're on the really slim side. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was really hard for me to tell people that that's just kind of naturally how I was built. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I did kind of start, you know, filling out, filling out, it was the opposite. It was, I've had a client once say to me, actually, Alice, don't you think you're looking a little bit fat recently? No. Like yeah. a, like an yeah. ongoing client, like someone that, oh you yeah, know I you? actually saw him Saturday. <laughs> Is he happy with your body now? Oh, well, he keeps booking me. Oh, so my gosh, I can't believe Look, he is that. very he is very highly on the spectrum and just says whatever okay, sure. for sure. any thought that comes okay. to his brain. He just says it. <laughs> You're it like, doesn't thanks matter. for the tip. Uh, he's yeah. funny. Mm -hmm. he's, he can be annoying at the best of times, but, like, not every client's perfect. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to fast track us from Twitter to full service. Yeah. Like, I got a new partner, mm -hmm. and I remember he turned to me one day and he was like, I just want to ask really quickly, like, you kind of always offer to pay for things, but you say you don't have a job. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, how do you have money? And I told him and he looks at me and goes, that's fucking sick. Oh, Can wow. Can I, like, high five you? 
So was he encouraging you to go into more? No, I actually, and this is the funny part was I, he was like, have you ever thought about doing any other kinds or is this all that you do? And I was like, I'm actually quite sensitive. And I had this like complex about needing to know how many people I'd slept with. And I said Mm -hmm. to him, I was like, I don't think I could ever do that. Honestly, like, I don't think I could. I think I'm too, I take on other people's feelings and how other people, you know, move their bodies and feel their bodies and just kind of like share their bodies with me to the point where I thought I wouldn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Because in my personal life, I can count the amount of people I've slept with on both hands. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, I dated him for a few more months and I didn't tell him. I woke up one day and I was like, videos and doing online work is so fucking draining. Is it? And I started to feel like I did. When I was doing yeah. hospitality, yeah. I was like, I can't be this on yeah. online. I hate looking at my phone all the time. Yeah. It was just a drag. And one day I like woke up, searched on my computer, and I literally just looked up Adult Work Sydney. And what came up? I mean, you don't have to tell me the name. But oh, was the I first... honestly, it was just a website and it said, fill out your details here and we'll send you a reply. I assumed that it just went out to a few brothels in Sydney. Oh, right. The first reply that I got was the brothel I've been working at for three years. Wow. Just so hang ha- on. Let's go there. Mm, let's mm. go to day one. Day one. I remember let's that day, day very well. Day one, you've just said you've had limited sexual partners. Yeah. You've only done video content. Yeah. You meet with a madame or a monsieur. I don't know what the dude's version is called. <sighs> Look, what I do didn't... you call them? Honestly, it's the receptionist that I met okay. with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? Do they like... Do you have to get nude and like Not at all. have an audition or something? Um, I feel like an audition is more so for strip clubs. They said, come for an interview at this address and we'll talk about it. And on site, they literally, I sat down, they had a form, they filled out all my information with my work name. And Did you choose that work name? Oh, I was literally listening to a song called Alice. You pick the name. Do you discuss rates? Is it one size fits all there? Um, yeah, they just kind of tell you. So let's do, let's take take me through. I'm gonna be Gary. Yeah. And I've um talk to me, Gary. I come into <laughs> the brothel. Do we call it brothel? Yeah. And is my first step I sit down on a velvet chair and then women come in a, a straight line? At my particular parlor, we have what are called intro rooms. Okay. So introduction rooms. So the client will walk in the front door mm-hmm. and they'll say, how long are you staying for? One hour. Yeah. At my parlor, that's $350. Okay. We get half of that at okay. my parlor. Yeah. The house takes $175. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were doing it privately, yes, I could charge more, but I'd be paying whatever for the hotel myself. Right. The linen, so, the laundry. And it's not as safe. Safety. Yeah security yeah okay yeah so okay. there's a lot that goes into it okay so gary comes in i want an hour next step next step is they'll say girls intro in room c all the interims are marked with like c d and f he'll go and sit and see we can see on the cameras in the girls room who is sitting there because god forbid it's your dad oh my god <laughs> Worst Can you nightmare. imagine the days Worst of no nightmare. technology? I oh, can't. Oh, God. That would have been mortifying. Okay, so you just make sure it's no one you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then do all the girls that are open go to Gary in the one room? Yep. All at once? No. So we kind of line up outside the interrooms. They have a door. There's a chair. It's a door. They sit down and they wait. You walk in. You say, hi, I'm Alice, blah, blah, blah. You explain your service. Uh-huh. So talk to me, Alice. Tell me what you got. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> I'm Alice. I do the little like small talk, like how's your day? It's raining outside, crazy. Okay, <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Trying to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. So when I say my intro, I cover all basis. I never used to. It took me a year and a half to really cultivate kind of my intro, what my market was, who I was going to appeal to, what was appealing. 
Okay, like, we, I need every element yeah. of this. So, so where do we go first? Are you still telling Gary so your service? Yeah, we're talking about say, the weather. Hi, I'm Alice. How are you? Like, how's your day? And he'll respond. And I'll say, okay, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of my service. So I offer the full passionate girlfriend experience. Ooh. I do passionate kissing. I love that. I'm very kink and fetish friendly. If you want to explore anything like that, I just want to make sure we can have a quick chat about it beforehand. So make at that sure everyone's point, comfortable, feeling safe. If that, they're if, still not talking. Okay, they're not talking. Okay, so no, they're shut still up. not talking. Gary's zip it. Yep. Gary's zipped it. Because <laughs> I don't give them a chance to talk. Okay, please continue. I don't. I just say this is what I do and this is what I don't do. I don't do fingering, for example. Fuck that. Fingering? Absolutely not. Fingering? Absolutely not. No fingering. Absolutely fucking not. Alice, the one thing I would not have expected in this conversation is not a finger. <laughs> I did it in my first year all the time constant UTIs, constant <gasps> yeast infections. The I can't nails. trust them in. I don't trust the Gary. Nails. And you don't have time for Gary to go scrub his nails, file them. And he's not going to do that. I struggled putting them in the shower half the time. They're like, oh, I showered before I got here. And I'm like, babe, I don't know if you've put your hand down your pants and then you're going to shove your fingers in my mouth. Yeah. And God knows what you've okay, been doing. Okay, so no finger. Go back to the don'ts. This is fascinating. I actually don't kind of I don't do fingering and I don't do um any natural service natural being no protection yes no protection blowjobs yeah absolutely not. no protection sex yes okay I've got questions on this yes if I'm a, a Georgina instead of a Gary yeah how do you go downtown without a it's a dam. It's what's called a dam. It's a dental dam. So it's just a big sheet of like plastic. square plastic and you just have to kind of hold it yourself for the most part. The sax ones that we get given anyway. Is that all right? They're annoying. I don't use them personally on myself. If but someone what if you're going down on them? I will always offer it. I always offer it. It's whatever they're comfortable with. I will let them know what it will feel like. Isn't that natural you going down on a girl? Yeah, it is. And That's... I have done that. I definitely have done that. I don't do natural with men specifically. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just getting the gist. Only because we'll go back to Georgina in a minute. Only but... because I find dams to be really annoyingly and difficult to use. Yes. The thing with the condom is you put it on, it stays there. Yeah. A dam you kind of have to like. It's like a piece of glad wrap. A little pretty much, piece. but it's like so much thicker. It's thicker than a condom. I would be disappointed if I was going yeah. to get a service and then there was that plastic sheet in my Absolutely. Way. And it's like I always do. you do. also just try – I mean, this is so sexist and awful to Absolutely. say, but do you trust women more? It actually has nothing to do with cleanliness, to be honest. It has everything to do with – like I will use a dam if they ask me to use a dam. I always offer it because I say the only other alternative is that if I go down. But I always kind of go through my history of what I do with men, which is I always use a condom with men. So they feel but more comfortable. But also the – I've only had one woman in the brothel. Wow. Yeah. One. This so takes it's me very to my scarce. business idea I'm going to take you through later. But <laughs> Other than that, it shame. would be other workers that I oh, work with. Maybe I understand. do like lesbian doubles, yes. things like that. So do you damn them? What's the discussion? We always have the chat beforehand. Me and the girl have the chat about what we're comfortable with. But honestly, in a general basis, like we do in, are inclined to trust women more. Not all women. Not all women, definitely not. There are some women you definitely can't trust in that place. But I've known and I've been with way too many men at work to kind of like have any other opinion on it. Okay. I see three men in a split second. Now. Okay. So you say to him, no natural, no fingering. Yeah. Is that your only nose? Um, I say I'm pretty open to discussion. Otherwise, if there is something you there like are a lot in particular. Of oh, absolutely. I say, look, I absolutely have my limits, but there are too many things for me to sit here and say tell no, you no, right no, now. No, no, no. Yeah. So I always say, if you have an idea of what you would like, so if there's just like, come out with it first because yeah. we get to the point much quicker then if you try and conceal something and pull it on me mid-booking and then I have to kick you out. I know, and it's annoying and you lose and your money. And it's like... Yeah. No, not, not particularly. It depends if we do anything first or not. Ah. Uh, so you say no, 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 this, 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 and then what happens next? Is it just um, happy choosing? See you later? Yeah, pretty much. When Gary is in there, say he's high as a kite or he's super <laughs> intoxicated... 
can you leave the meeting with Gary and go like tap out? I don't want that. Do you mean the meeting or the, the booking? The intro. Sorry, the intro. Um, normally what will happen is it's what we call party bookings. Drinking is kind of whatever, unless they kind of tell you that they want to make it like a big thing. Drinking is kind of like if they want a beer, they want a beer, and that's kind of That's cool, but I mean like if they're slurring and like sloppy. Oh, you can absolutely not see them if you don't want to. Okay. Absolutely no one can force you to do anything. Okay. Some receptionists will try and push you, and some of them are absolutely horrible, but I don't work their shifts. (laughs) I don't take that. I'd get in a screaming match. Okay. And also those receptionists know they can't push me around because I am – too sure of myself okay and i won't take shit i know my rights so if they're on drugs or if they want to party a party mm. booking what mm. is party booking normally involves drugs that indicates drugs is what we call a party booking is it always indicates drugs it's not just alcohol it's always drugs it's always what a party drugs. and booking indicates. so my interpretation is then that the brothel is okay with drugs well yeah is it annoying when they are on drugs because don't they get a floppy dick it's not annoying, aren't you? Or is it good because you don't have to like do anything oh. with it, or you still do? Oh, they always look at you and they give you this look when they're like as soft as a fucking candy, <laughs> and they look at you and they're like, "Come on, babe, do your job." And you're just like, "Well, there is and a I'm lot of narcotics you, in and there." And I'm like, "Mark, you've been doing rack for forty-two hours. There is no amount of sucking that I could do to get your dick hard right now." And they're always like, "That's your job." Do your job right. And I'm like, okay, how about you suck your own cock then? And so what do you do in those situations? There is what's called like, I've never had Viagra in the brothel, but what we call Camagra, which is just Viagra essentially. Yeah. And you give it to them. Yeah. But then aren't you still racing the clock with coming? Because they can't Uh, come, Well, I look at them and I go, babe, you do understand that you've been doing a lot of cocaine and I will do my damn best, but there is nothing I can do to make you come if your body doesn't want to. And But that's also the thing. I would feel like, fuck, party booking. I'm going to have to work so much harder. Oh, but sometimes all I do in party bookings is talk and I don't touch them. It's not always sex. Even in sober bookings, it's not always sex. How much is sex? How much is not sex? I honestly couldn't tell you because Could you tell I'm me percentage, like 70%. Mm, it's very hard because I'm a chatty bitch. <laughs> You've talked for 25 minutes and they're like, ah, I've got five uh, minutes left for my booking. I, I literally had a booking. I've had many bookings where like they've either been nervous and I try and break the ice by talking. I put clients at ease more times than not, mm-hmm. when, especially when they're nervous. And they're like, wow, you're really pleasant to be around. And I'm like, yeah, it's because so fast right now you have no choice but to listen to me but hopefully it's going to break the ice and then you're getting your dick on (laughs) and then does that say i'm gary i'm gary and i booked you for an hour and you've spent 45 minutes talking to me and getting me comfortable and i've got 15 minutes but we start having sex and then we roll over time you've got to tell me right that we're going Uh, over and do you want extra well the buzzer will go they will buzz you in the room so whether or not he's like mid push yep he could be fist deep in your pussy and and it doesn't matter it's time's up it's like i'll if i'm feeling nice i'll give them like a couple of minutes because they'll give you the buzzer that gives you like a few minutes to get in the shower clean up the room kind of get them out sort of thing and i go look we can i'm like are you close to coming and if they say yes i'll be like okay i'll give you a few minutes if not we can extend if you would like but it's an extra fee and they always know that Okay, but they can choose that in the min- in the moment. Yep. And then do you just buzz someone back and be like, Gary's going well, over? Well, no, I have to stop the entire booking, go up, get them to pay. It's oh. pay before anything. But they that's a real, that. like, buzzkill, though, isn't it? Oh, that's their own fucking problem, isn't it? <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's go back to um, you and Gary go in the room and he wants a full girlfriend experience. At this brothel... That is still inclusive of the three fifty. Yeah, that's included in price. So I get it's passionate my, kissing. Yeah, it is up to you whether or not you do deep French, and you can. So you can just do like little like movie kisses. Oh, like I'm a very big open mouth kisser. I'm not actually even in my personal life a massive tongue kisser. I like a little bit, but at the brothel, whenever they like ask for DFK. 
the D- French kissing. DFK, yep. Is that a different cost? You don't have to charge for it, but you can. Because a lot of the time, that's code for washing machine syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's what yeah. I like to call it. It's just very, like, tongues in a circular. Like, it's like they're trying to go down on you, but in, in your, your face. Mouth. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, with that, so many questions on hygiene. Obviously, Gary comes in, you've put him in the shower with your body wash and your things. Does he brush his teeth? No, we have Listerine in the rooms. Okay, well, that kills a bit. We have Listerine in all rooms with like this tiny plastic circular cups. Okay, yeah. Soap, showers, spas. Yeah. All of that. Okay. We have a drop sheet so none of the like actual bedding gets gross. Do you put that on? Yeah mid or oh, start of it's booking? at the start of the booking so we'll go into the room i'll do what's called a health check it's just a visual oh and looking at the penis yeah you've got a they've got foreskin you pull that back you lift the balls you look. this is pre-shower oh yeah so it could be stunky mm, mm, it mm, could be cheesy it could be it could be honestly even the dudes that get a bit awkward about it i'm like you're like I i've do seen all too day, many i really don't care what you've got going on it's just to make sure that you don't have anything that you could as nasty give to me yep. oh not even nasty i think nasty indicates the stigmatization of like stds okay so what is it that's not um, what, are you, just, what are you looking you for would, you're looking for an std yes potentially and, or anything that like because you'd be surprised i have had people who have visual herpes come in and try and book people or people mm. who go they have like a lump of some kind and they go yeah. oh, i've had that since birth and so what do you say in that moment do you say well you say look what we do is we get what's called a second health check like a second opinion so you call reception right. they'll send a different girl up regardless of what the other worker says if you're still not comfortable even if they said they'd see him great you see him okay Unless you're comfortable with it. Yep. But sometimes having that second opinion is kind of Because the other thing is, right, if the – I don't really know how warts work and things like that, but if the wart is on the knob and the knob's going to be covered by a condom – I I still wouldn't. Because at the end of the day, like, any lumps or bumps that you have, you don't know which are transmittable by saliva. Mm. Even, like, herpes is transmittable by – saliva Mm-mm-mm. so if gary wants to go down on you do you use a dam for gary no so gary can go down on you like flesh to flesh well skin yep. tongue to flesh yep, that's fine i've always done that um and that is a personal choice not everyone does that but but yeah is there disease in that there can be there definitely can be i do that as a personal choice because that is how i like to receive pleasure of course that's just a personal choice because i want it yeah. has nothing to do with the booking. And sometimes, honestly, a lot of clients that come in really want that mutual oral. Mutual oral in my parlor is also included in service. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So he'll say up front prior to booking you yet that I want anal or I want a kinky something. Some of them don't, which is why I kind of tailored my intro to include that so that a lot of clients will look at me and go wow you really covered all basis and I'm like yeah because I've seen a lot of you yeah absolutely coming up with the tricks the worst thing that I hate is when they look at me and they go yeah what kind of kinky stuff and I'm like oh ick and you're like you either into it or you're not I'm not gonna feed you it's almost like when someone wants you to sex them for free it's like they kind of just want to know how fucking dirty you are and how much of a whore you are when you're just meeting them. And you're like, that's a fucking and it's cost, like, bitch. It's you okay. pay if you want to talk dirty. <laughs> I was like, the way that someone goes about what they want in an intro will give me an ick. And then you – and so at oh, that and point I you can them. say no. Yeah, absolutely. So if they said after that to the receptionist, I want Alice, oh, if I don't you can like go nut. Yeah, I actually have a scenario that comes to mind and it was probably the – from my memory anyway, the first time I felt so deeply sad Tell at me. work. 
I had this quite an old man, probably in his 70s. I was tiny. There is, there is like, you can pick them. The old man will go for the most petite, young looking thing that they can get. So almost childlike? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And when I started, I did look long. I had the short platinum blonde bob. I was tiny and I'm so naturally trusting of people Mm. and it just never occurred to me that clients could actually be terrible people and sometimes what they unveil to you can be so jarring and so abrasive and that's what kind of makes me think about this old man that I had once and he got in the room and it was only a half an hour booking maybe 45 minutes from memory and I remember when we went to go have sex, he just kept like aggressively. It was like a lizard sticking his tongue down my throat. And I just remember like frowning, like I couldn't even like remain professional because it was just like so not natural. I don't care anyone's age, mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. like Gender, ethnicity, anything. nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm very like, yeah, if you treat me with dignity and respect, like I will be so happy to give you the best service of your life. Like, absolutely no problem to me. I don't care where you look like. I don't care where you come from. This man was so fucking rude. He, like, kept making me really uncomfortable and, like, he just kept putting my body in positions that would just so, like, make my skin crawl. It was just the way he went about the booking. It wasn't the fact that he was old. Nothing to do with that. But then what was jarring about it was that he got a phone call from his wife in the room he told me to turn the music off and he looked at me and goes, shh. And then I kind of like breathed out a bit too heavy just before I hung oh up God. the phone. I wasn't standing near him. I was probably standing about four meters away from him in this room. And then he hung up the phone and looks at me and goes, I told you to shut the fuck up. Could you just not do that? I looked at him and I was like, sorry, was I meant to stop breathing? Are you kidding me? And then he kind of tried to grab me and goes, just stick your fucking tongue in your mouth and do your job. I was actually like, no, you can actually get out. I think maybe it was subconscious guilt about sleeping with someone who was married at first Mm. and me being the highly empathetic person that I am thinking the first thing I remember after that booking, I went in the girls' room and I cried. I actually thought you were going to go somewhere with pedophilia. I don't know why. I will never forget this one man that booked me. He was lovely. So lovely. Probably in his like late 20s, mid 30s. Quite nice. Also booked me when I was like probably not even a year into the industry yet. Um, And he kind of wanted a schoolgirl fantasy. Mm -hmm. Now between adults, that's absolutely fine. At the end of the booking, after, post- sex post fantasy he tells me that he's a high school teacher um and he teaches music for kids like seven to nine in in years seven to nine and i remember just feeling so sick like so unbelievably sick so this is like you're almost thinking he yeah it's it's very it's a very hard line because i'm like And I've spoken about this with a lot of people. This is actually probably the first time I'll speak about it in such an open space. And I've had a lot of chats with workers and clients actually and friends about this. Is it enabling that behavior or is it preventative and harm reduction? Because what I like to think is, does this prevent you from actually following through through with this in in reality? What do you think? I don't know. I... If I think about it too much, I think I would feel sick because I will never know. And it's hard to know. I don't really, he didn't disclose that fantasy to me beforehand. Uh-huh. And because would I was in my. things? Um, well, he did kind of neglect to disclose the fact that he was actually a school teacher until after the fantasy had been carried out. And if so, yes, I wouldn't have done it. Personally, just because I think that's a bit too close for me we can go back to actual the work but I want to talk about when you start doing the actual work and Mm. is that a decision for you to keep private or do you tell your family and friends that I had only been working in full service for three months 
when I was actually outed, particularly to my father, um, who I was actually living with at the time. I'd gone through a really rough breakup and had to kind of uproot my life an hour away and live with my father for the first time ever. My parents have been separated since I was two. Well, I've always had a close relationship with my dad, not with my mother. Um, Me and my mum have had a really rough relationship, to say the least, which doesn't even begin to cover it. But my dad has always kind of been my rock. My dad always said to me, you know, as long as you have one parent, you know, all you need is one and I will always be there for you. That didn't ring true when he found out what I'd been doing for work. Okay, how did how were you outed? He told me someone sent it to him. He wouldn't tell me who though. Sent it. Yeah, he someone screenshot my Instagram and oh. sent it to him. Um, so there was no denying this. Oh no, he was like, "So you're a sex worker now," and he did not like that at all. And I mean, look, it's going to be a hard oh, pill for a absolutely. father to swallow. Absolutely. I have absolutely no problem with how he felt about it, really. It was how he reacted to it that was the problem. Feelings are always valid. Reactions, not so much, in in my personal opinion. Was he dismissive or belittling? He kind of equated me to my mother, who he has massive problems with, Um, which was very degrading Mm. and very – it was the first time that I found out that my, like – you know, my how deep my mum and dad's problems actually ran and being able to understand that as an adult. Um, and he just said I was just like my mother and not in a good way and just kind of said that I was doing dirty work and he was like, well, if you're going to keep doing that, you can't live here. And I didn't even question not doing it anymore. I left. I packed a bag full of shit and I left and I said – to my dad, I was like, that money that I lent you, give it back, I'm leaving. And I did not come home after that. How long was that break in communication for? That was a really long time. Um, I would probably go as far as to say, like, I had to kind of, I called my partner at the time right away and I was in the worst way possible. I'd only been home back at my dad's for like an hour before this had happened and I was already on my way back to his house Mm. he was like oh my god come here like please come here like I'm so sorry and he looked after me but it sent me into the worst headspace I think I'd ever been in and really brought up a lot of my trauma that I thought that I was just able to move past Mm. I've been going through trauma with my family my whole life my whole life all I've known is trauma and abuse essentially not really from my dad but I grew up with my mum my not my dad so did he tell her no so how did your mum find out so I got outed well not outed to my mum my mum figured it out four months after my dad found out were you nervous I felt sick did you but it was like it just gave me that I'm a fucking adult and I'm still enduring this like fucking abuse all the time this gaslighting and this like feeling like I'm in trouble when I'm an adult and I actually haven't done anything wrong but you're uncomfortable with it therefore that means I'm doing something very wrong so when she caught up with you eventually well she sent me a massive text and was like you were making too much money to be a waitress and I was like well I'm not gonna lie to you and she's like why Like, you've been fucking lying to everyone. And I was like, you didn't need to know. And I said this to my father too. I was like, you didn't know for months and you treated me so well. But as soon as you found out, that automatically makes me awful or you don't respect me anymore. So when someone does ask you, what do you say? I always tell them up front. Don't know if I, it doesn't matter if I met them two seconds ago. I'm a hooker. I love the word hooker for me personally. (laughs) I love the word harlot. I love the word hooker because that's what I am. And not everyone has to be comfortable with that word. But for myself, I love those words. Do you prepare yourself for whatever that reaction is? No, I don't need to. You're just fine with it now? I don't care. I've been outed too many times and in multiple ways. The the outing didn't stop there either. It carried on a year and a half later. Because when all that kind of outing to my dad and then my mum finding out and then my partner breaking up with me two months after that like after that I also endured like quite a heavy sexual assault did you 
I had kind of been struggling to work after all that happened, to be fair. I was struggling to, like, interact with clients. I didn't have any capacity. And a man would do one thing and I would be, like, white-knuckle fisting behind his back when he'd be on top of me. And it was just, but I needed money. No one was supporting me now. Yeah. I had absolutely no one. This is pure survival. God, that's hard. At this point. And it was probably, I would easily say, the hardest time of my life. I thought all the trauma I endured growing up was hard. I think the most trauma I've endured that hits so many different tiers of trauma, Mm. all in such close proximity that I honestly, I broke completely. And then one day I'm working and I see this dude at work, two hours. At the brothel, he was fine. He offered me $1,000, you know, for me to see him privately later that day. Okay. And I said, I, need, I really need that. Like, I really need that. Is that a rule? Oh, look, we're not meant to do it because it's technically poaching. Okay, yeah. I was in no position to say no, though. Yeah. I was in survival mode. But I needed that money and I didn't vet him at all. I did not. I was like, well, but I've you'd seen, you seen him for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he was six foot six, huge man, like a very large man. But it wasn't anything that I was freaked out about. No, 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 it was just a bit rough and that's that was okay. Then he picks me up yeah. and takes me back to his house. He, he just starts off the bat. It's like they're rolling off the tongue. So many racially charged jokes and slurs and I'm feeling uncomfortable. And it's very hard, especially when they're a client who has already paid you to kind of go, am I going to have this political discussion with you right now where I have to call you out? And then, cause then you also have to consider the risk factor. Are they going to get violent? Are they going to be, I don't know. It's, is there any danger here? And he thinks this is very funny. Okay. And he just won't stop and he keeps going and going and going. But he's a white dude, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. He was a white supremacist, like Nazi vibes and concealed all of this until we arrived back at his house, which, by the way, was just like had like no lights on. All the curtains were closed. It looked like... No one had lived there in a very long time. Wow. There were bricks on the floor, like just wow. randomly. It was very weird. And did you he get the apparently, money front? Yeah. Oh, so he had the cash. Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, I have another house in this area. And he was talking like he had a lot of money, but the house I went back to, it was off. Something was very off from the get-go. I'd let other people know where I was Yeah. before I'd went um, and let them know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there. He's gotten me some food. He said, we don't have, before I'd gotten back to his house, he's like, we don't have to have sex. Like, I just want someone to hang out with. Like, I just want company. And I was like, okay, cool. He then wants me to sleep over. I am not comfortable sleeping over. What was the thousand for? Hanging out and okay. dinner. Company. Okay. okay. Company. And that's the terms that he had set okay. at first. He brought them up, not me. Okay. So sleeping over was not a part of the deal. No. And then no, when you it say wasn't. no. Well, he, I didn't say no at first. I kind of just went, fuck, there is something very off about you. How am I going to, how am I going to get around this? I went into survival mode very quickly Okay. because I was trying to kind of conceal the fact that I was very afraid of this man at this point. Mm -hmm. I then sent like an SOS out to a very close girlfriend of mine and she calls me and she knows what street I'm on. She's on her way. I've said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I need to leave. He looked at me and goes, you know how it looks, right? And I was like, no, like, how does it look? I'm coy, playing naive at this point. And he goes, getting your friend to call and make an SOS. And I was like, fuck. The way he was saying it, too, was so – I was – deathly scared of this man at this point was this the most dangerous situation oh absolutely it's it's the it's the worst situation i've ever been in with a client ever and the last one oh yeah definitely the last one but it was he then looked at me and he goes you know if you'd met me like four years ago and you told me you needed to go i wouldn't have let you go home 
And at this point, I'm still like kind of half laughing, being like, oh, no, like you wouldn't do that to me. And he goes, no, seriously, if you told me four years ago that you were going to go home, I would have told you you're not allowed to. With such seriousness in his voice, he was like, no, you wouldn't have been allowed to leave. But I'm a nice dude now. And at that moment, I was like, I've got about 40 minutes until this girl gets here. What did you do? He then looked at me and said, well, okay, well, before you leave, he's like, well, I'm nice to you now, so I will let you leave. But before you leave, we're having sex. And then I just had to say, okay, because that's what I needed to do. But he made me do it unprotected. And he said that if I didn't, that he would hurt me with a baseball bat essentially he looked at me and I was like you wouldn't do that to me and he goes yeah grabs my hand like my whole face and pushes it to the side and forces me to look at this like metal bat like metal baseball bat he has sitting in the corner so of his room so from now the tone is just sinister yeah completely and when he's like I'm not using condoms or oh he didn't even say that he just said no we're having sex the way I want and so at this point you're just like I, I just jokingly was like haha you wouldn't do that to me he was like really and then grabbed my whole face forced me to look at it and goes what do you think that baseball bat's for huh so what do you do do you just i had sex with him autopilot like oh yeah i pretended that i loved every second of it it was very fight or flight and i knew if i even gave away the slightest amount that i felt i was in danger i could have been very seriously hurt did he uh come inside you he didn't come okay It was very, 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 very terrifying and probably the one of the worst traumatic and horrifying situations I've ever been in full stop. I've never, I don't actually feel like I've ever been so close to death in my life than in that moment. Do you know what happened to him after? Um, because he had connections, I didn't feel like he, I could go to any police or anything like that. And I didn't. Um, cause my girlfriend came and picked me up and I left and I was like, you know, like I went home with the money, um, because I didn't stay the night. He forced me to give it back. I had to meet up with him two weeks later and give it back. Has he been back to the brothel? Yeah. Has he? Yeah. I haven't seen him in a really long time, but the first time it happened was like three months after that had happened. And when he did come in, I completely lost it. But you saw him on the screen, right? You didn't have to see him. No. Thank God. Mm. Did you want any other girls? Yep. Did they still see him? Yeah, one did. I won't name names. She knows who she is. She was a very good friend of mine at the time. Oh. Yeah. So she knew the whole situation? Oh, yeah, she did. And she still wanted to take the booking? Yep. Hanging out with someone's abuser is that deep, even for money. And I don't care what anyone says. Like, he literally raped me. And she still saw him for money and then gaslit me about it. Wowee. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. We have covered some things today. Yeah. Can we go back to the brothel? One of my favorite places in the world. It's my second house. (laughs) It's actually very luxurious. I honestly treat it like it is my home. It looks very nice. It is very nice. So let us talk about some of the ins and outs of broth life. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, no, I call it the broth life. Broth I live life. the broth life. It's and true. when um, Gary comes in and he'll say something like obscure, maybe not the norm. I'm into some scat. Oh, yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I don't do that. You don't? <laughs> I Look, honestly, I would if I could. I don't think my body would let me. For I've all of pissed. you listening, scat is the pooping. I've peed in a lot of men's mouths. Pissed in mouths. So many, I love it. You <laughs> get paid to piss in mouths. Oh, lots of money too. How much is it to piss in my mouth? <laughs> How much? If I take like 150 bucks personally. Does half of that still go to the... No. Oh, the extra. The extras are all mine. Oh, okay. So, so, so. So the scat, the pee, not that you do the scat, but the pee and other things. Disclaimer, I would do the scat if I could. If I could. Yeah, that's degrading your shit for them. That's fun. (laughs) 
But you've got to get I'm into, messy with the poo. I'm into depravity. I don't really care, to be honest. It's not in my mouth. I don't care. If you that's would what shit they want. in a mouth? If my body would let me, I think I would. Because we had a mistress on this show. She shits in mouths. If my, I don't think my actual body would not it let me do that. It is preparation. She was like, yeah. it takes. Yeah. The booking is like long because, you know. What if it was a loose bowel? Oh, my <laughs> mom. <laughs> You know? What if it's a nervous poop? It's Look, just like... That's what I mean. I, my body actually wouldn't let me. Pissing, I piss on the side of the street. I don't care. I pop a scot wherever if I need to. Pee pee in the mouth. Yeah. And what is the guy doing at that time? Is his mouth just open and he's just loving it and laughing? Oh, I've had a man go... Oh, she's and doing like a... lapping it up. She's doing a like a doggy, doggy tongue waving yeah. if you yeah. can't see this. Yeah. And what it like, is he jerking off at the same time? No. Not it's, in my experience, no. It's a dis- I have had that, but it's mostly like they just want to taste it. Wow. I think it's really gratifying for me. I'm like, wow, you really want to soak up every part of me right now. Yeah. And that's really hot. Actually. Yeah. And you also trust me to do this with you. Yeah. A lot, I think a lot of the misconception that a lot of clients in particular have about kink is that it's just about being disgusting and dirty and letting men have their way with you. Kink is actually a trust exercise, in Mm. my opinion. Kink is all about being vulnerable. It's relinquishing your control Mm. and kind of trusting the other person to kind of put you in their hands and kind of have their way with you in a sense. Do you know what I mean? I do. I have people that always book me for kink stuff specifically. Yeah. I once had this dude message me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I asked him what he wanted. He was like, I see that you do kink and fetish friendly stuff. Like you're very open-minded towards it. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What is it that you're looking for? He wanted me to force him to eat his own cum. Holy moly. Yeah. Loved it. Did you? I loved so it. So first he jerks off. Yeah. I didn't touch him at all in this scenario. He came in his hand. Or yeah, in a, or in he a actually he actually came into a yogurt. Oh, with was, yogurt in it. Yeah, yeah. He actually came into like he opened the yogurt and then put it in the yogurt and he mixed it around with his finger. He was like, "I'm quite new to this and I just can't get over the taste quite yet." And oh. I was like, "That's okay." And then post that, I made him piss himself because he was wearing an adult diaper. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and that was the whole twenty minutes. And that, I, he got a lot of bang for his buck, girl. Yeah. <laughs> he got a lot yeah. out of that. And I loved every second of it. I well, Afterwards, I had a conversation with him. I was like, look, he was like, my wife has no idea that I'm into this. That's sad. It is, but also he is kind of going about it in the right way where he's paying someone to kind of fulfill that. Maybe he doesn't he, – maybe he kind of just didn't sound like he was entirely Ready comfortable to. with yeah. feeling this way. Yeah, he of, wasn't sure how to navigate yeah, it. Yeah, I don't – I just didn't think he'd gotten to the point where he was comfortable navigating it. And I think the detachment in his brain of paying someone to kind of fulfill these fantasies with him yeah. is detachment for him. Yeah. Which is totally valid and I think is honestly – when you are exploring that, is a, a paying a sex worker who is qualified to help you explore that mm-hmm. is actually so, so valid and so handy and helpful. And that's your favorite, isn't it? Like people turning up for you at work and showing themselves. I love when someone is their most raw, authentic self with me. Do you enjoy the sex? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. I... I'm not someone who comes from penetration. No. No. So what about if they're going down on you? Do you enjoy that? Or does that depend on the individual? It does depend on the individual. I I do like it, which is why I don't do it protected on myself personally. That is a personal choice. Um, But I, yeah, I would say most of the time I do like it. Sometimes they don't know what they're doing and that's okay too. And at the end of the day, like, yes, I do get people saying, you know, I won't come unless you do because yeah. everything that I do amounts to me coming. Everything I do for you, if you don't come, I won't come. So then what and then that do puts you do me in an, that? that puts me in an awkward position where I have to be less authentic. So you have to fake it? Yeah. Or do you just... But that's also part of me providing a service that they've asked for. But do they know that you're faking it? I've had one man call me out for it literally like three months ago. We were in the spa. There was a booking with – it was two girls, three guys, 
And I was with this one guy and I faked it because he, I could tell he was about to like, and he was like, I just want you to come. So I did. We get in the spa afterwards. It's three guys, two guys, we're all in the spa. He was like, she even faked it for me, the sweetheart. Oh. And I looked at him and I was like, uh, was it convincing though? He was, well, no, I just called you out uh. for it. And I was like, no, 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 but if, if you were an unsuspecting male. <laughs> he was like, look, you've got the legs quite down. Yeah, part. I was thinking, because you know the vagina, like, oh, I've got kegels down to a science. So you can do that with it. And he still called you out. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I don't know who you are, but I re- almost respect you for calling me out a little bit. So what, men come in and group sex? Um, They're all mates. They're all partying. They're all like having like, they'd been up for like 42 hours or something like that. They weren't interacting together, but they were like swapping out girls, which can be finicky, especially when you're a brother, you've got to change condoms yeah. and like... Some dudes complain about it, but I always let them know. I'm like, you know, if you're going to like swap girls, we do have to kind of switch condoms before the bookings even start. And they go, yeah, 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 that's fine. But I always make sure that they're, they're aware that that's how it has to work. How they, much is that? Oh, that's an extra fee. We have like set prices of like what that kind of looks like and what that costs for however long time. Like we have like a voyeurism package and we have like a straight double, a lesbian double, Couples. So if Gary comes in and he wants to book you and Susie, mm. but you're not into Susie, maybe you're pissed off at Susie, you don't want to take the booking, can you say no and he picks Susie and another girl? Yeah. Okay. Are there girls you won't do it with? Yeah. There are girls that I won't do it with. Why? Um, it just depends. Like some of them, like I'm, I'll do doubles with pretty much anyone. Because there is a difference between a straight double and a lesbian double. It's when the straight double is when the guy kind of wants to just enjoy two girls at once, but the girls don't interact with one another. Got it. Whereas like a lesbian double is exactly what it sounds like. They want Um, a lesbian experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there is that kind of question, especially when it's lesbian. When it's straight, you don't really have to have heaps of a conversation because you're not really interacting. Yeah. But when it's a lesbian double, you kind of always have to have a chat with the girl. Like, for example, I have a client, let's call him Ben, who comes in and his thing is that he loves to fuck my friends. Okay. He loves it. And that's exactly how he says it. So he sees me every time for half an hour. And he always says, what if, what one of your friends are on shift today that you'd like to be? But hang on. Does he fuck you first? No. Okay. No. He did used to. So I got introduced to him via another girl that I used to work with. Um, and she was super cool. She was like, this is my reg and he wants to fuck one of my friends. Oh. And you're one of my friends, so let's go. She left and I became his favorite. And then now you've got the friends. And now I and I genuinely choose one of my mates every time. Okay. One so who gets clothes. paid? You and them? Yeah. Even though you don't do anything? I mean, no, I do. But what are you doing? It's there's a lot of like we all kiss at first and then kind of like he looks at me and he's like he wants like one of us to like kiss him and one of us to go down on him and then he kind of like does this thing where he's like put the condom on and then he turns the girl around. He always fucks my friend first every time. And I always look at him because I know this gets him going. And oh, I go, you're watching him in the eyes. Oh, I know. I'm like, like he'll be like fucking her from behind. Mm. And I'll be like kind of like standing next to him and like rubbing his back. And like yeah. I'll look him dead in the face and I'll go, do you like fucking my friends? And he just gets like – he actually yells <laughs> every time. No, like actually. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, he does. Absolutely. That's exactly – he goes, yeah, like that. Every time, every time, without a doubt. And it's just like his thing. I love it. Do you love it? Does it turn you on that bit? Like, oh, it's just fun. No, I just love that he's enjoying it so much. It's just, it's really gratifying for me. The thing I love most about sex work isn't just the flexibility, the financial freedom, the bodily autonomy. Like those are all very paramount to my well-being, And it's half the reason other than the survival part that, was the reason that I started. Mm. It was, I loved the flexibility. I loved being able to kind of choose my hours. It helped me really keep like a rein in on my mental health. Yeah. The other thing as I've kind of like 
decided that this is my career and this is something I'm really passionate about. And I'm really passionate about it because I love being able to meet someone's needs if I can. Final question for you on the deep today. Who are you when no one's watching? A mess, but a beautiful one. A beautiful mess. I am vulnerable and nasty and anxious and full of rage, but I am always authentic even when no one's watching. So good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's the Deep. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.